It was fast, it was furious, it was a profitable year. This is what I believe is the second year of recovery, real recovery. How do we attract, train, and retain new people back to this industry? How do we begin to use more eco-friendly products? How do we create less of a carbon footprint than shipping in a 50,000 pound exhibit? We're all now at a sustained level of business activity that we're no longer, we know the customers have come back, but there are still disruptions everywhere. Strong companies, lasting partnerships, powerful events. Welcome to the Experience Builders Podcast. Happy holidays, Chris. Hey, Khalil. Happy holidays to you. I wish I were in sunny Florida. Uh, How's, how, how is it where you're at right now? Cold? Not, rain, not too bad. Uh, we actually have 60s and 70s this week, but then you can look at the forecast and see it's the holiday season. <laughs> well, squeeze 60s and 70s is paradise in my opinion. Yeah. We call that winter here in Florida, and uh, <laughs> we live for those days. No humidity, 60s, 70s which is about what it is outside here right now. So I'm in, Amazing. Uh, I'm over on the Gulf coast of Florida. I just, we just finished up the EDPA access. Yeah, conference. I was going to so say, have, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Have not made it back to uh, home base in Orlando yet. Still over. over this week. Yeah. Well, that's huge, man. Uh, it's been quite the journey to become the president of the EDPA. Why don't you just share a little bit about how we got here? Okay. Well, um, so, uh, a lot of our listeners are EDPA members and they know, but for those that don't, um, the Experiential Designer and Producers Association is really the community of exhibit builders, um, creative uh, designers and agencies, um, and the specialized suppliers that, that serve the business events industry. And um, I've been a member for 20 years, um, became a board member about uh, 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, and served on the 24-person board, and then was uh, tapped about seven or eight years ago to um, join the executive committee. Uh, I was a very passive board member, kind of hid in the back in the crowd, and I thought, uh, I think the uh, the president of the EC at the time that um, recruited me said, it's probably a couple of more calls a month, uh, and I thought, oh, okay. And um, it's a lot, it's a lot of work, but everybody that's involved really now on the, on the full board, as well as the executive committee, just committed, passionate leaders in our industry. And they, they're great people, inspiring. So anyway, you do, uh, you do a, 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 about a five or six year term as a, a vice president on the executive committee. And ultimately, uh, if you don't screw up, you are asked to uh, take the presidency. So I was just handed the gavel last week in Bonita Springs, Florida at our annual meeting, which was a record turnout. 325 members showed. It was a terrific, terrific event. A lot of energy. Um, man, this is just a great community. And uh, I think I saw 50 or 60 first-time attendees. We've got a lot of uh, young, new, developing contributors in the industry that are joining. There's a new group called Future Leaders. Um, that was exciting. They are just killing it. Um, 
the chapter uh, system, uh, which used to be um, just a couple of very strong EDPA chapters regionally. Uh, they're now in every corner of the U.S., and they were all there and representing. So um, it was uh, Dan Sarabin, the, the uh, president that stepped down, a wonderful leader. Uh, we had him on the show, uh, I think, a month ago, talking about yeah. um, all the variables in the economy, which, God, it was a great episode, wasn't it? And uh, so Dan handed the gavel over, and uh, so I'm now uh, up for a two-year term. And uh, maybe we'll have a minute to talk a little bit about what the agenda is going to be. Yeah, of course. We'd love to hear because uh, I heard raving things about the safety meeting. I, we're just so safe now. We're secure. Oh, that made its way to you, eh? <laughs> yeah, we, so um, for those, I'm, anybody that's listening right now that was there, you're, I know you're smiling because, so, you know, confession time. Um, the Griffin brothers have been known for 15 years for having these safety meetings. Right. <laughs> and I will tell you the origin. Um, when my brother Dan joined our company, um, he works as hard as most of the people in this industry work, right? Which long hours, you know, taking calls at home at night, working weekends, all that stuff. But anyway, we there we'd come a day, a long day, and Dan, we might want to stop and have an adult beverage on the on the ride home or uh, uh occasionally smoke a cigar. And so we would call the the wives and say, um we're going to be a little late tonight. Uh, there's a, you know, got to attend this safety meeting at the company. And my wife was always, oh, safety meeting? Oh, well, you take as long, take as much time as you need, right? <laughs> who, who, who doesn't want to support safety, Khalil? And I go, my God, this is fantastic, right? So over time, right, that was the case. Then we would travel to shows. Uh, we'd be doing a show in Las Vegas or Chicago. And, uh, you know, you'd see a couple of friends that are in for the show, industry people, and you go, Hey, there's a safety meeting at the uh, pub up the street or, or back at the hotel around the fire pit. Uh, safety meeting? Yeah. And so we would, and we, we had this funny, you know, all right, before we order drinks, let's do a quick health and wellness check around the table. Anybody, um, anybody get hurt today on the shelf floor moving in? Anybody stub a foot or bruised, uh, stiff back? Anybody have a headache? Anybody feel, and, you know, after about 60 seconds of that charade, um, we'd say, okay, any new business? No. All right. Meeting adjourned. We get a couple of cold beers over here, please. For, uh, <laughs> in, anyway, that's how it started. Khalil, I'll tell you, 15 years later, we've had safety meetings literally all over the world. And really it, it's just a reason for like-minded people that work in the trade show and business event space to get together and share some good fellowship and camaraderie. We introduced it about 10 or 12 years ago at an EDPA uh, access conference. If you were in early the night before the festivity started, there'd be a safety meeting out in the hotel patio somewhere. Uh, someone to bring a box of cigars. Somebody else would bring uh, maybe a nice bottle of bourbon or scotch. And uh, we'd sip a little and talk and catch up. That has grown and uh, to the point where in April this year, there was a safety meeting in Louisville, Kentucky the exhibitor live show, there were 60 people that attended that safety meeting. So crew XP sponsored at this year's access, the welcome reception. And we came out of the closet. We invited all 325 um, attendees. Uh, we turned the welcome reception into a giant safety meeting. And so um, we had safety glasses for everyone. Very cool Bono-esque, you know, looking tinted blue. Um, we had uh, custom lapel pins made that say EDPA Safety Committee. So if you got one of those coveted pins, you now 
no, you're part of the secret society. <laughs> but it was just a great time, great energy. Um, this really is a, a big family that, that, that just is the engine that makes all these corporate events work. And it's not just in the U.S. Huge turnout from our friends at IFAS, which is the mm -hmm. European international version of EDPA, were there. And they participated. So um, we were fortunate enough to be the sponsors, and we chose to create a um, the biggest safety meeting we've ever had. And uh, yeah. so if you're listening and you were there, um, I know you're laughing. If you're new to this um, and you want a pen, call me. You <laughs> might have a few rare ones left. But uh, it was uh, really a great, great time. Great. Well, I'm sure that for the next two years, uh, the EDPA is in safe hands. And well, oh, I see you did that. I <laughs> yeah. see that. That's very clever, Khalil. Okay. Well, yeah. speaking of the next two years, yes. what are, let's talk about, you know, you're, you're entering in as president. What are some of the big goals that you have? EDPA is really stronger than it's ever been. You're coming into a great situation. How do you plan to continue to expand upon what's already improving at the EDPA? Wow. Great Great question. You know, there's so much that EDPA is doing. If you are, uh, if you are a former member and maybe you drifted away, um, this is not the association that it was, you know, 10 or 12 years ago. This is, there was an internal survey done. We have an 85% engagement rate with our board members and, and the leadership and really with the members. And what I mean by that is these aren't people that just read emails and get on a monthly call, um, they are active in, in issues that matter to this industry. For example, I think the next two years, the priorities um, clearly were, were outlined by the members at this meeting. Um, it is about um, tomorrow's workforce, really the future workforce. How do we um, attract, train, and retain um, new people back to this industry? We know that during pandemic, when that happened, 2.8 million full-time full employees in this industry were um, terminated or furloughed. Um, we know approximately 300,000 of them did not come back. So we already had a, a shortage of the trade skills, um, the installers on the floor, the, 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 the carpenter, the, the craftsman carpenters that work in shops. Um, so we knew there was, a, there was already a shortage there. Well, this just amplified that gap. And then we also know that the younger generation just didn't really see us as a viable career opportunity. There's a, so we know there's an exposure gap about teaching them about who we are and that you can make a six-figure income. And oh, by the way, um, project managers and designers and administrators and salespeople, I mean, really everywhere, um, we, need to, we need to sort of resupply the talent pool. So um, workforce is, is, is a major uh, thing. Uh, and you'll see that continue for the next couple of years, front and center. Sustainability is another really important um, topic for our industry. And that's really being driven by um, the brand side clients. That matters to that. Trade show industry has always been known as a very wasteful industry. And what I mean by that is you walk through the Las Vegas Convention Center or McCormick Place in Chicago at the end of a show that takes up a million square feet. And you just see all the de this de debris field of, you know, wasted exhibit material that just is trash. How do we begin to use more eco-friendly products? How do we 
how do we create less of a carbon footprint than shipping in a 50,000 pound exhibit um, to create a temporary branch office that's only going to be up for three days? The brand side clients are saying this matters to us. So um, RFPs are going out wanting to know what is your, if we're going to use you as a builder, if we're going to, if we're going to use you as a service provider, what are you doing to prove that you are, uh, I think the term is greenwashing, not just greenwashing, but seriously helping, um, you know, something for sustainability and, uh, and, and making sure you're not destroying the climate. And so um, that is, that is, there's tons of great stuff. By the way, our friends at IFAS, our European friends are way ahead of us. I think you know enough about my company, Crew XP, Khalil. We've, you know, we've taken steps even in our own business model. We use pre-engineered aluminum frames to build 90% of the walls that we make, and we clean them and reuse them over and over again. We, we use um, f- mostly fabric graphics, you know, a lot less, a lot of the PVC stuff we used to use primarily has a lot of um, methyl ethyl bad stuff in those materials. <laughs> Right. So we've gotten away from more of that. We recycle our carpeting. We've actually made the investment in facilities and in space and in uh, inventory and move them to the front line uh, of the cities of where the events are taking place. So we have a five mile local delivery uh, journey and not a twenty five hundred or five thousand mile round trip uh, freight, which we know impacts carbon uh, footprint. So um we're certainly not perfect, but we are conscious of trying to do things that will be um, be credible and on yeah. for our own effort on sustainability. And heard some great ideas at the conference, so I think those are those are two things. We're still also trying to get um, the audience, uh, the international audience, back to U.S. shows. We know thirty mm-hmm. percent of the uh, the total audience that exhibits or attends trade shows in the U.S. and North America comes from other countries. Yeah. Um, huge problems still with visa delays and um, getting making it easy for the business travelers to come back. So that anyway, those are those are the three things that jump to mind. Uh, I think that are that, that are going to be um, front burner issues for me as the leader of the EPA. Love it. Love it. Well, um, that's not the only big news that we get to celebrate today. Uh, we also have started a partnership with ECN, Exhibit yeah. City News, awesome. right? We're super excited about that. So um, I've known Don Savalia, the publisher of Exhibit City News, for years. He uh, he's added Elisa Jackson and uh, and Christopher Capus uh, in terms of the bench strength with the mission of um, really taking the content at Exhibit City News to another level. So we've been in discussions and and proudly it was just announced a partnership between Exhibit City News. And our pod, the podcast that we produce called the Experience Builders Podcast, it's a podcast about the business of events. It's not for exhibitors. It's really a podcast for this podcast for the people that work in the, in the uh, business event industry. So what I love about ECN and why I think it's such a great fit is their audience is made up of uh, primarily people that work in the industry. And they get listeners from all over the world. I, I think... Uh, Chris and Don told me they were uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 45,000 sets of eyeballs a month. Um, we think that the discussions like this that you and I are having, and if you've been listening, the first 20 episodes, some great guest speakers talking about um, you know, uh, the economy and, and building back your business profitably and 
um, how to attract and retain talent in this disrupted workforce environment. We talked about the death spiral, right? And how to, how to make sure you're running a, a profitable business. Um, how, how, we, how opportunities are even qualified now. It used to be just a commission salesperson that figures it out. Now there's whole teams at a company that have to make a decision about whether they pursue a project or not. These are great conversations. And Exhibit City News saw that and said, we think this is going to be great for our listeners. So super happy um, yeah. to have announced that at the EDPA Access event and uh, couldn't think of a better group for us to align with. So very good. Yeah, it's going to be a really cool opportunity. Excited to yeah. see how we're able to collaborate together and reach a larger audience as well. So a lot of cool things coming up in the new year. Uh, speaking of the new year, I want to do a little year in review of 2023 and also a you know, preliminary look at what we think is going to happen in 2024 for the, the space, but also for Crew XP. So let's just talk about a recap really quick. What was your 2023 like, Chris? So um, it was um, it was fast. It was furious. It was um, it was it was a profitable year. But for, you know, I remember and I think I shared this with you. At the beginning of the year, um, this is what I believe is the second year of recovery, real recovery year um, of the near extinction event we all survived called the pandemic. 2022 was, we saw saw signs of it in 2021, but 2022 was the first, I think, full year we were all back. And it was it was wonderful because it was raging back, and um, but probably wasn't a realistic um example of what life is going to be like. It was it was a huge swing back of the pendulum after being shut down for a couple of years. So I think in some ways, 2023 was much more indicative of what, of what the new normal looks like. Um, I mentioned we had Dan Sarabin, the, ch- the chief financial officer and one of the strategy team members of Dursey uh, last month on the call. And he talked about, you know, he made a, a very compelling argument that the, that the pandemic uh, the COVID recovery is over. He said, we are now living in the new normal. So um, I think 2023 represented what this new normal was like. Um, the reason I'm calling it normal, I think what Dan was alluding to is we're all now at a sustained level of business activity that um, we're no longer, we know the customers have come back, but there are still disruptions everywhere. Um, wages are have still, you know, doubled. Uh, they're all over the map. Um, the talent gap exists in many, many positions. We still have inconsistent supply chain uh, deliverables. Um, we see some vertical markets have recovered fully, others not as much. So I think there's an uneven um, expectation of business by, by vertical sector. And I think that's going to continue in 2024, Khalil. So, um, you know, that, that is, that is my, my 2023 takeaway for us was let's get back to the, the proven processes and procedures that allow us to do business with each other efficiently because that's the best way we can help our customers, right? That's what we needed to do. And so made great progress this year. And I know, uh, I know others are saying the same thing. Yeah. Well, so it's so refreshing to be kind of back in that place, but it's also, you know, sometimes when there's a problem at hand or, you know, industry wide challenges, there's kind of some motivation and extra inspiration to get out there and to do more. And then whenever you're back to normal, it's easier to kind of coast or, 
go fall back into the same rhythms that you used to be in and obviously don't want to uh, move backwards or be stagnant, but continually progress. So how are we planning on doing that in 2024? What are the things that we're striving for as we go into this new year? You know, you just made a great point. I, th- I think one of the dangers that we need to all be looking for is thinking that things aren't good until we get back to the way it was. My personal opinion, Khalil, I just don't think it's ever going back to the way it was. Too mm-hmm. much has changed. I think buyers, the buyer behavior has, has changed, right? So um, we see it everywhere. A lot of companies have expanded or changed their offering. I think their business model has changed. We're we're living proof of that. Um, so as we move into 2024, um, I think again we still are fighting to find the right talent. Um, what's that expression? It's not enough to get the right people on the bus. You got to get the right, got to get them in the right seats on the bus. I think um, we are much more intentional about the opportunities we're going after. We're much more intentional about trying to create a culture in our own company um, and culturally the interaction with our customers um, that we're creating a place that people don't want to leave if you work there. And we're creating relationships that are not easily duplicated by others. For me, it's, it's been about focusing on fewer, I would say better for us type of partners um, that, and we are just pouring into that. Um, and I'll give you a, a, an example. Uh, we had a customer earlier, uh, early in the year who needed to, um, they had bid a project and they ultimately got it and they got it last minute. But the supplier that, that was going to be providing a lot of the rental components um, shifted and said, even though they had quoted a price and a very attractive price, they said, yeah, we're not ready to, to deliver on on rental product yet. And they said, well, what, are you, what am I supposed to do? Um, we've got this job based on you partnering with me and giving me this break. And I said, uh, and he, he called me and he said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, um, you're a great client of ours. Um, here's what we'll do. We're scheduling the purchase of additional inventory. And of course, you wanted it in one of the busiest times of the year. Right? <laughs> and so I said, um, we have a capital expenditure that we're going to make on, on, on inventory uh, later in the year. I will be willing to make that now early for you. I can't match that price exactly, but I can get within 10% of it. Um, and I hope that helps you, but this is what we exist for. Um, we're going to do it anyway. If this helps you, then we will do this because you're a huge part of who we are and, and we aren't going to exist without partners like you. He said, well, if you're going to do that, then I'm also going to give you this, the labor business, and I'm going to give you this. And I'm going to get... So it turned out to be a win-win, but my, my point is, um, that's what I mean about, I don't, you know, as he said, I don't know that we have, you know, many people or, or even any that would have done that for us to make sure that that, what could have been a lost project for us turned into a, a, a win-win. So um, I think that's one of the things that makes us different. I think, um, yeah. and, and culturally, um, we just have to continue to do things to attract good people and make sure that they're happy. Um, and, and so far so good. Uh, it's been a, it's been a nice ride. I'm a, I, if I have a title, Khalil, I call myself the constant gardener. 
<laughs> because when weeds start to show up, and we all know what it looks like to have a person who's kind of a, a negative influence on the culture, um, that can infect and really affect group performance. So um, I'm constantly plucking and picking and weeding to make sure our ecosystem is is a good one. And so I think 2024, it's got to be a lot more of that. And for us, we'd like to, um, we're good on the process and procedures, but now we want to be more intentional about, um, you know, not just answering the phones. Let's go, let's, let's identify those people we think we'd be in a good in-service partner to, and, and let's go introduce ourselves more proactively. So, yeah, man, good stuff. Well, I'm excited for the year. Um, yeah, me too. Well, me too. What great time of year. We've got the holidays coming up. Hope it's a happy holidays for you and your family, all of our listeners as well. Um, excited for the next couple of years for you as the EDPA president. Um, also really excited for the Exhibit City News and all the promotion that we're going to get through the podcast, but the people that we're going to reach and welcome into our audience. Um, and what a great year. So, Well, we I, will, appreciate my, I appreciate my partnership with you, Khalil, here. Oh, in yeah. I'm learning a ton from you. You're just, you're, you're such a great moderator. A lot of people well, that don't you. know you as well as I do. I mean, you're a business advisor to a lot of startups and, and, and contractor companies in a variety of different verticals. Um, these are great conversations. You're, you know, you get somebody like, uh, uh, myself in a Greg beach or a Michael McMahon. I'm like, thank God Khalil's here to just reel it all back in <laughs> and make business sense. So, Super grateful for you at the oh, end of this you. year and uh, looking pleasure, forward to Pleasure it. is mine. Pleasure is mine. Well, um, listeners, we've got another episode coming out very soon called Grow With No. I think that's kind of a motto that you've lived by recently, Chris, and yes. uh, it's, it's a fantastic one. So make sure you subscribe to us so that you get a notification when that one comes out. You can subscribe to our newsletter uh, through the CrewXP website, crewxp.com. You can subscribe on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Follow Chris on LinkedIn as well. He'll be posting content about it. But uh, if we don't see you or hear from you, or if you don't hear from us again till the new year, happy new year. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays to everyone. So here, see here. Have a great holiday, everybody. Yeah. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Experience Builders podcast. Check out our website in the show notes or visit crewxp.com to learn more.